You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's another episode of Hear the Walking Dead, Cinema Geekly's all-encompassing Omnibus Walking Dead podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora here talking the episode before the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. It's almost time for a Walking Dead break. Aurora, are you I'm, ready? I'm depressed. Yeah? Is it, yes. Now, is it because it started to snow and it's... it's you know, it's a combination depressed? of the weather and the fact that my mon- my Sundays are going to be boring again. <laughs> Yeah, at least for a little while. Yeah. At least for a short period of time, there will be a bunch of Sundays with nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I mean, let's just hold on to it. We've got this episode. We've got one more episode. Maybe if we we try, maybe if you just stay awake and don't get (laughs) any sleep between now and then, it'll feel like it is stretched out a little bit more. So maybe if we just don't sleep for a few more days. Oh, no, I'll sleep. With okay. this weather, I'll sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to forget that, yes. that the outside exists. Is it? Yes. Is it? Are you guys getting snow or anything in Illinois right now? We got snow during the weekend. Ah. And it's kind of like, it's, there's like flurries happening yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to snow tomorrow, so. Yeah, we're supposed to get like, uh, at some any day now, we're supposed to get like five or six straight days of snow here, so. Not That's something forward. we have not seen in the Walking Dead universe. Snow zombies. Yeah. How come this hasn't yeah. happened yet? <laughs> they gotta they gotta do one in the background with like a, a little set ha- <laughs> like a Santa hat made out of snow. <laughs> like it's, the zombie's just been sitting there for so long, it's just gathered on its head. This has to happen. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. We seem to be skipping all of the winters in Georgia. I know it doesn't get too wintry there, but But they did get snow yeah. uh, last winter, right? Yeah. It yeah. happens. It it's happens. Been, it's been known. Uh all right, let's talk about this episode, uh season seven. Episode seven. This one is called Sing Me a Song. Uh so in the back of the Negan Mobile, hauling supplies back to the Saviors. Uh, Carl essentially tricks Jesus, Ninja Jesus, into <laughs> splitting from him. I love how that sentence sounds. <laughs> Carl tricked Jesus. Yes. He fooled him. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this case, uh, in, in, in this case, Carl had, had fooled. Uh, ninja, that's why I had to go back and be like, Ninja Jesus, in case ninja people Jesus. got confused. Yeah. If this is your first episode, I'm not sure why you're jumping in at this point <laughs> to listen to us talk about the show. If you don't know what we're even talking about, that I can imagine that sounding weird. Uh, so Carl <laughs> Carl tricks him into, into leaving uh, and sneaks into Sanctuary, the back of the Savior's truck, on his own with the intent to kill Negan. Uh, and as many of the Saviors as possible, because vengeance, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh when everything stops, Carl finds himself a gun and manages to kill two of Negan's men before he is tackled to the ground and subdued. But instead of killing him, Negan helps him up and then decides to take him on a tour of the sanctuary. Because I feel like 
maybe Negan sees a little bit of young Negan in Carl. I think. Yeah. Is, I think. Yeah. Maybe he is he what's calls happening. him the uh, future serial killer, right, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shocked at seeing Carl, Daryl becomes unexpectedly aggressive towards Negan, who merely brushes him aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first introduces Carl to his harem of wives, and boy, do they seem like a perfectly functioning bunch of women. <laughs> no problems at all there. So happy. Very happy. Just the happiest harem you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they all are, Aurora. I mean, yeah. that's a staple of harems <laughs> throughout history. I'm sure all of the women involved in harems were just so happy to be there. Yes, yes. Uh, he learns uh, from Sherry, one of Negan's many wives, that one of the others have been uh, has been having sex with her former husband. So he calls mm-hmm. Dwight up to up with Daryl. Daryl comes bearing a bowl of fruit and orders him to start heating up the iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking Carl to his chambers, which are, by the way, lavish. Yeah. Uh, extravagant bed chambers for Negan. It's like a hotel room. It is. A very nice yeah. one. Like a top-tier one. Negan mm-hmm. admits that he is trying to bond with Carl, as he is genuinely impressed by his initiative in attempting to ambush him. Curious about Carl's eye, Negan asks him to remove his bandage. And... Uh, Carl eventually does. It's gross-looking. Negan begins to rave about how gross it is, and that Carl mm-hmm. should never cover it up. It makes him look like a badass. Yeah. He even asks if he can touch it, and eventually this causes Carl to break down. And upon seeing that his comments have upset Carl, he stops to apologize to him. Mm-hmm. What a strange moment. I can't wait to talk about this later. <laughs> um, and then, weirdly enough, back to being strange, he orders Carl to sing a song. From as part of the debt that he has to pay for killing two of his men, and learns about Lori's death. Yeah. Uh, then he takes Carl to witness him branding Mark, who had sex with one of his wives, with a hot iron. This incident has a visible yep. effect on Dwight, who went through the same thing himself. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Rick and Aaron, plus Father Gabriel and Spencer, go on a individual supply run. Individual supply runs to provide for the saviors yet again. Rick and Aaron scout a hideout that may have vitally important things, but discover that they will have to traverse a large body of water filled with walkers in order to reach it. Uh, Spencer, while alone with Gabriel, begins to rant about Rick's leadership and expresses his belief that he could be a better leader. Uh, Fed up with him, Gabriel tells him to get out of the car, and he has (laughs) to go walk back on his own, apparently. Uh, Meanwhile, Eugene and Rosita return to the industrial shop that he and Abraham had found. There she demands that he make her a bullet, as he had said he would. Eugene refuses, telling her that her, her plan is not likely to succeed, but she continues to insist and eventually tells him that he has let down everyone who helped, uh, that the only reason he is alive is because people felt sorry for him and that making this bullet would be the first useful thing he's done. So mean. What a jerk. I mean, I can't say Rosita's a dick because she's a girl, but if she was a guy... she was a jerk. She was a jerk. Uh, Deeply hurt by these comments, Eugene begins to manufacture the bullet in silence. Poor Eugene. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, Rosita also tries to say she's sorry, but... uh, She tries, yeah. Eugene is like, nope, not buying it. You said what you said. Yeah, he says something like, I want to go back to the awkward silence, please. Yes. (laughs) Can we just please go back to the awkward silence? Yeah. Um... (laughs) 
And basically, he's like, you said what you said, and you meant what you said. Now leave me alone. Yeah. Back to the yeah. awkward silence. Uh, deciding to take Carl home, Negan loads up a truck and takes a small group of them. Uh, when Daryl threatens him if anything happens to Carl, Negan orders Dwight to put Daryl back in his cell. Later, Daryl has slipped a note under his door from an unknown person containing a key to a motorcycle, a match, and the words, Go now. Mm-hmm. At the Alexandria safe zone, Negan finds that Rick has gone out to find supplies and decides to wait for him. He makes a cruel comment about Olivia's weight, which causes her to cry. He attempts to apologize and, like Negan, offers to have sex with her to pass the time. And she angrily slaps him. Yeah. Good. I thought she was dead <laughs> at this point, by the way. <laughs> uh, ignoring this, he instructs her to make some lemonade. And asks Carl to give him a tour of Alexandria. And after a brief tour of the house, Carl introduces Negan to Judith, to whom he takes an immediate liking. Oh boy. Uh, After finding a batch of supplies, Spencer finds Rosita and Eugene on the road and drives them home. Arriving to find that Negan and the Saviors are there. And Negan is sitting on Rick's porch with Carl, enjoying a glass of lemonade and playing with Judith on his lap. Joking to Carl that he should kill him and Rick, after all and stay in Alexandria instead. Yeah. Oh, what'd you think of this episode? Well, as you know, I am deeply emotionally involved with these characters. Yeah. So I cried twice in this episode. Really? Yes, okay, I'm curious. I did. I'm curious. Nothing I, in this I, episode did that to me, but I want to know what happened. I cried um, when Carl started crying when Negan was making fun of his eye. Ah, okay. Uh, it, it, I was really emotional. <laughs> I was like, do not mess with Carl. <laughs> I mean, I felt, I felt, yeah, I, I did feel bad. I mean, clearly this is a point of insecurity for him. And he yes. puts on a tough exterior and like right. this mask of a tough guy. Yeah. I and found you know, the it... way that they did the, that whole scene when he's like slowly removing the bandage, mm-hmm. um, you can see like he's shaking and he's really, you know, yeah. self-conscious about it. And then Negan makes those comments and just picking I, I, on him and picking on him and picking on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he does say, which uh, before I'll talk about it, but um, he mentions, you know, I forget that you're a kid, which is. True, and and I think we yes. as viewers also forget that Carl is a kid. Yeah. Um. And in that moment, I I think that's why I got emotional because he is a teenager. He. Yeah. You know those feelings are legit at that age. Still there, yeah. I found yeah. that I found that particular scene endlessly fascinating because it was awesome. Uh, because he says the he says that line where he's like, mm-hmm. I just get caught up sometimes. I forget that you're just a kid, and he seemed to sincerely apologize for hurting his feelings. Right. Which blew my mind out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's given me like this kind of weird insight into his personality a little bit where uh, this world is, is messed with him in some way where I feel like he's not trying to be an asshole. He's genuinely having fun in situations that most right-headed people would not be having fun in. Right. So when he's got all of our cast and he's got he's got like all of these beloved characters that we know kneeling around him in a circle cracking mm-hmm. jokes like he's just going about his this is what his day is like right this is normal for him so he's just cracking jokes and having it's like it's really impossible to process mm-hmm. to us because even as fans of these characters in this show in this weird setting none of them really act like that 
Right. So it's still really hard to process. Like, yeah. So, yeah, but there was this moment here of just, it seemed like legit, uh, a legit apologetic nature from this character who is not, yeah. who we take to, to, to be as like 100% pure evil. Mm-hmm. Clearly he's, he's not, but. I mean, I think he's like that. It's like 90, 90% evil, maybe like there's. Like something I, I also think, there, you know, but... he knows what he's doing, too, right? Like, he is dealing with a boy, mm-hmm. um, and the way that he interacts with him throughout the whole episode, he's trying to gain Carl's trust, yeah. um, which, to me, is a way of him trying to... He has a plan, in my opinion, to do something, and this is the start of it, trying to get Carl's trust. Yeah, I mean... So he, yeah, I think he knows what is, he's doing. Right. This happened. <laughs> this happened throughout the episode. There was yep. um, a bit where, like, they all kneel down before him while he's addressing them, and mm-hmm. then he finishes his speech and he turns his back, and he's like, "Check it out! They're still kneeling." Right. He's like, right. He's like, "Isn't this like the coolest thing ever?" Like he's trying to show him. Like he is trying to to gain his trust and to bond with him. And I do mm-hmm. feel like. Without knowing too much, I feel like there is like a bit of this, like he's sees like uh, like a a young version of himself or something because Carl is so brash. He's decided he's going to break into the compound, hit a, a, a teenager on his own with a gun. Right. And he's going to kill Negan and as many of his yeah. men as possible. And he's just like, wow, this is just you know that's why he didn't he he doesn't kill him because he's just mm-hmm. fascinated by this this guy. Nobody he breaks everybody else down and this one kid. Who's probably doing it because he's a stupid kid, but Negan sees something in him, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and I One thing that I want to say is that that scene when they are in um, Negan's room and, you know, the whole, uh, let me see your eye and apologizing. And that whole scene was straight from the comics. Was it? The, okay. whole, the whole dialogue was not changed. It was exactly from the comics. Wow. Okay. Which makes me nervous in a way because we've seen throughout this show that they make changes from the comics constantly. And with Negan, we've seen only comic references. Right. Which makes me nervous. (laughs) Well, there is the the thing I saw on, um, was it on Talking Dead maybe when they talked about this? Like, what's the deal with the... Why does he wear a bandage on on that one hand? Oh yeah, and yeah. they're like, oh, I asked Jeffrey Dean Morgan about that when he was on set, and he's just like, it looks like that in the comics, right? Like, right. there's no particular there's reason, no reason that we know, yeah. but it's just they're sticking very to the very to the comics with them, and I mean, yeah. and that's been the case. Glenn's death mirrored the mm-hmm. comics uh, to a to a huge degree. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I wonder if it just that makes means, me nervous to to think that they are, are there just, things are there things that happen in the comics related to Negan that you fear happening now, since they're sticking um, so close to the comics with them. Some, but that's what it make why it makes me nervous because the show has changed so much from the comics that you know they're making like giving us like a false sense of confidence that they're going to stick with what he does in the comics and then they're going to change it drastically and it's going to take us all by surprise. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, anything else that uh, you'd like to add about uh, this episode? Anything else that's, that, that sticks out to you? Um, 
I just I, I love to hate Negan. Right? Like he's he is. he's an amazing villain. Um, yeah, and he, Jeffrey D. Morgan is doing such a good job with this character. Agreed. Um, like the scene with um, who was it? Uh, was it Oliv- the scene with Olivia? I think it was mm-hmm. Olivia, right? Uh, oh like, yeah, that she she slaps him. Yeah, it was just like this shows like his weird personality side where he's just like, "Geez, I was just joking. Nobody has a sense of humor around here." Right. And then just offhandedly, he just offers to sleep with her. Yes. <laughs> so he's just so like weird like that, right? Yeah, and the way that he does is, does it is like this is a gift for you. Yeah, me yeah, sleeping yeah. with you, this is a gift. <laughs> he's so mean. Let me offer the gift of my crotch to you. Yeah. Person I've I've never met before. Yeah, but he does it. He's so charming while being such an asshole. Yeah. That it's hard to hate him because I I love every time he's on screen. Did I'm we all, fascinated by it. Did we? Did did any of us think about it for a second when he did the offer? Did anybody think like I take him up on it, <laughs> or were we were we like in the Olivia zone? Where we're like slapped to the face. Uh, I think it depends on the situation. Okay, I because mean, like she it, knows what he did to Glenn, right, yeah, and Abraham, yes, so she yes. has a preconceived notion of who he is, but. Yeah. Maybe if it was in a different situation, I don't know. Maybe uh, I commend her lady balls in slapping him oh, in the yeah. face because I even insulted uh, <laughs> to 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 the degree in which she was. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if I would tempt fate by by striking him. Yeah, I like and you. I thought she care. was dead. I thought she was dead. Yeah, uh, but nothing. He was just like, no. "Go make some lemonade." Yeah. Um, and I also liked um, the fact that he gave Carl the uh, Lucille. Yes. So he, that's a, a power move for him. He did it with Rick. Yep. And now he did it with Carl. He just gives Lucille to anybody. And that's uh, that's the, his way of like saying, you know, you can't do anything to me. Yeah. Which he's is a, scary. God, he's such a weird character. Now I'm reminded of that scene where the, the goon brings up Lucille. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, boss, you left this down by the by the truck. Yeah. And, you know, he starts talking, and he's like, you know, did you treat her like a lady? Right, yeah. I think he uh, he says something very Trump-esque that I, <laughs> I, that I need not repeat on this podcast. He does. And the yeah. guy just kind of stares at him. He's like, come on, man, I'm just joking. It's a, yeah. it's a baseball bat. It's not a real person. You can't do that to it. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's just so But you know weird. what? I think, I think that... Um, because he kept that throughout the episode with Carl as well, saying, you know, this is how men joke. This is how yeah. you should be acting. Um, and should your be dad, balls. Yeah, he your says. dad is not teaching you this. And I thought it was really interesting that throughout the episode, he was kind of like trying to take Rick's position. As the father figure. As the father, yeah. He did it with Judith as well. You know, they're sitting in the oh porch. My God. You know what, Aurora? I think you maybe cracked the code on this episode. I don't <laughs> think this had anything to do with Carl per se. I think this may have had something to do with him just having another piece of shit to throw in Rick's face. Yes. He's like, now I'm your boy's dad. Yeah. Can you imagine when Rick comes back and he sees Negan holding Judith? He takes other... Yeah, I know. He takes other husbands' wives. Right. I why not take their kids? Yeah, I'm their dad now. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. And you know what? I don't think Negan has quite grasped this whole concept that he rules with fear. So whenever he makes jokes, uh, people are afraid. They're not sure if he's actually joking or not or being serious. So right. I don't know if he grasps this whole concept that people are too terrified to, to know exactly uh, exactly what he is joking about and what he is being serious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he hasn't grasped this concept. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked the episode. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely different than what I was expecting. I, I wasn't really sure what we were going to get when when Carl did this. And by the way, we see Jesus again. Yes, um, he's he's hiding atop a truck. I yeah, believe. and Daryl sees him, right? I think so. Uh, but then they they show the top of the truck again, and he's gone. Yeah, which makes well, me ninja believe Jesus. that. Do you think that he's the one that gave Daryl the note? Oh, it's got to be, and he's a ninja. <laughs> I mean, we've said ninja. this before. There's a reason we call him Ninja Jesus because <laughs> he. I'm I'm positive that's why he was on top of the truck, and then like they did the double take, and then he's gone. Yeah, because he's a ninja. And I'm sure he probably somehow snuck a key and that match and wrote that note and slipped it under the door somehow. Because yeah. he's a ninja. I'm positive. And you know what? It's really impressive that he can be a ninja with that heavy coat. Right. <laughs> because... And that giant mane of hair. It's yes, like, it it's seems that, like he'd that be... coat looks really hot and uncomfortable. Yeah. He seems like he'd be a fairly recognizable figure, but... Uh, yeah. He manages I mean, to maybe slip people by. think they're looking at the real Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> and they just presume they're hallucinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just a hallucination. I'm not really here. And they're like, okay. And he just walks on. Maybe that's what's happening. I don't know for sure, but we're speculating here, everybody. Um, all right. What would you, if you have nothing else to add, what would you, mm-hmm. uh, what would you give this episode of The Walking Dead? Oh my! I I'm gonna give it a five today. Wow! Yes, I love this episode. The full, Everything about it. The full five. I gave it four and a half, so not quite a five, mm-hmm. but uh, this is can, this is it. This is the one that made me crack the five because I can see, I can see how yeah. because if it makes you if it makes you well up once even it made me twice. cry. It made me laugh. It made me worry. <laughs> Yeah, I had a, a whole range of emotions in this episode. You had all of the feels took over. Yes, that's good. That's what a show's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't disagree with your five. Um, somebody would be like, "Then why don't you give it a five? Well, I'm <laughs> sorry, I gave it a four and a half. But uh, to me, the five is a, everybody knows my old thing on the five. You get a five <laughs> based off of intangible things, and yeah, I definitely. can't tell you why. I just. I just know by the time it's an episode's feeling. over. It's a feeling. Yeah, I usually yeah. know by the time an episode's over what I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm what I feel about an episode. This was a great episode. It was, uh, and it went in a different direction than I was expecting. So, uh, there is one more episode left before the winter break. Winter is coming, and therefore Walking Dead is going away, mm-hmm. uh, albeit for a short time. But we'll come back to talk about it. Uh, if you want to catch up. Go to CinemaGeekly.com and check out the archive of Fear the Walking Dead. We've got all of our episodes going back to the first season of Fear the Walking Dead and season six of Walking Dead and season two of Fear the Walking Dead. So you can go catch up on everything we've been talking about uh, and more. We've got a lot of other shows going on over at Cinema Geekly as well. Uh, this show is also found on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Fear the Walking Dead and hit subscribe. Okay, uh, I've delayed it as long as possible, Aurora, but now (laughs) it is time to say goodbye until next week. 
at which point we will discuss the mid-season finale. It sounds like we're it's like the season finale, but any right. any break is too long of a break for some shows anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not talking about Arrow, but almost all the other shows we're watching, uh, I'm sad to see them go for a short mm-hmm. period of time. Uh, so Aurora and I will come back to talk the mid-season finale of Season 7. It's Episode 8. It's called Hearts Still Beating. <laughs> 